You're listening to 7 Points of Satisfaction in Buying HR Technology. Supported by the HR Gazette and Hive Tech HR. And now your host, Jeremy Ames. All right, so uh, welcome to the third episode in my uh, in this series we're doing. It's called Seven Points of Satisfaction in Buying HR Technology. Uh, today we're going to be talking about negotiation during the sales process. Uh, my name is Jeremy Ames. I'm with Hive Tech HR, and I'm joined today by my special guest, Adam Hale, who is the Executive Vice President at Sage People, uh, which was formerly Fairsale. So how are you doing today, Adam? Hey, Jeremy, I'm good, and uh, hey to everybody online. Great. So just to set a little context of, of where we are in the process, um, we are, again, we've just completed the, the sales process, at least uh, the initial stages of it. Now we're, we're coming into negotiation. Uh, we already did our work in, on product, and we still have implementation, training, adoption, and support to go through. So make sure you uh, you tune into those pre- prior uh, episodes as well as the future ones. So diving right in here, um, so we've transitioned from that sales process, and, and we think of sales, you think of narrowing down the list of vendors, you go through the whole uh, process of sending out an RFP or an RFI, you get proposals back from the vendors, you've uh, you've gone through some demos. And now you've, you've either picked one or, or just a couple of vendors that you want to negotiate with and try to get to a more uh, a better price. So I spoke to the general timing of that, but that timing might vary based on who, who you're working with as far as helping you with the selection or if you're doing it on your own, um, you know, who's initiating that, whether that's the buyer or the seller. I've seen both of those cases. And then, the, you know, part of it is making sure you don't lose some of those key features um, that you've seen up to this point. So, so Adam, from your perspective, uh, when you are experiencing these kind of negotiation processes, as well as how that fits into the overall sales process, when does that happen? And, and what, are your, what are your impressions of the overall transition? Yeah, so, so happy to take that, Jeremy, because we, we've quadrupled the number of customers we have in the last three years here. The, the first thing I would say, and it's, it's not just a naming thing, it's really how we, how we think about it, is, um, is, is you use the word vendor. I mean, honestly, these are partnerships and these are multi-year partnerships that are absolutely critical to both organizations. And, and, and we really look at it in terms of how we can maximize customer success. And we look at it from that from that point. But, you know, they're, 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 such, they're such close partnerships. I was with the chief exec of one customer today and with the group HR director of one tomorrow. Uh, the, 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 these things are really critical to the success of their organization. What, 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 what what I would say in terms of kind of negotiation here, and this is something I learned a long time ago at, at Accenture, actually, there are three variables in this. And those three variables are quality, time scale, and cost. And those three variables are in that order for a very, very specific reason. And when, whenever one of them is put, um, you know, particularly if time scale or cost is um, is, is put ahead of the others, then that's when they have problems. And the reason that I raised that is because it's all about the outcome. It's all about driving a successful project and a successful implementation with that organization. Um, and, and, and so, you know, I'm, and I'm not saying that cost is, is unimportant. Of course, it's, of course, it's a variable, but it's, 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 it's the third rather than the first. 
Right. Yeah. Quality always precipitates either, you know, even in the business world, it pre- precipitates uh, profitability and then growth. So similarly in, in this, uh, in the buying well, of yeah, technology. I, yeah. Exactly. And I, I learned something a long time ago, which is that, you know, if there's time to fix it when it goes wrong, which by the way, there always is, then there's time to do it right the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's very much that's the that's the mentality that we uh, that we try and have. Great. Um, so then that that actually you sort of preempted this whole conversation about you know what is a successful negotiation in this process and you know is it about the money? I think you've just said that it's that's actually the third in line. Uh, is it about getting the best deal? You know how much how much should the buyer really be thinking about you know making sure they get every single. Uh, aspect of the of the negotiation to go their way and then do you consider that once once that process is finished have they lost all their leverage you know is that kind of the vendor buyer um relationship is there more to it than that well, 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 again, going back to it, because, you know, I'm, I'm involved with, um, with, with our customer relationships, obviously, during the kind of decision and, you know, sale process, if you will, all the way, all the way, all the way through. And, and, a, and a couple of things on that. One, one is that it's a, it's a partnership. So what you're doing, what's really important and to me, this is what success is, is you're defining a win-win partnership. It's got to be something that works for both parties. And doesn't just work kind of on the day it's signed. It works, you know, a year, three years, five years down the line. Uh, I've just been with one of our organizations here, actually. They, 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 they threw Fair Sale a party on its first anniversary because they were so happy with it. And at that point, they weren't, you know, celebrating kind of what particular kind of point that was inserted into the contract. They were celebrating the fact that it had been successful in the organization. People were using it. It had absolutely driven adoption and it was successful. So, so to me, to, success is fundamentally the business outcome. And it's about a win-win between those two, those two organizations. But also, you know, these, 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 these projects, they are, they are, non, they are non-trivial. And, and so what I think success also is is a partnership is giving each other permission to be pushed. Mm. And, and we're giving our customer permission to push us. And in a good partnership, they're giving us permission to push them. I, and I said to a CEO this morning that I, I didn't think one of the approaches being adopted was a good idea. And it's, you know, we had a good conversation about it and it's, it's going to be changed. So, so and, and again, that's why I don't like the vendor word because because that's not the um, that's not the relationship that you have with a vendor, and so these 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 projects that we we do need to give each other permission to 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 be pushed. Yeah, you you say that word push in the, in the prior uh, episode of this, we talked about the sales process, and one of the key points was being able to say no. And so you know, it's not a word that you necessarily think is gonna is gonna be beneficial, but in the end, if you're always saying yes, you know, that's gonna lead to. I, and I t- I totally agree, Jeremy. And it's one of those things where, 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 when, you know, clarity is important and, you know, where, where we don't do something because we don't do everything, then we're much better served. Um, we're much better served. Sorry, we've got some customers leaving now. Just, uh, in, <laughs> no in, worries. Um, we're, we're much better served actually saying no and, and, and vice versa. And so it comes down to this honesty mm-hmm. of, you know, really what the requirements are and really what's important. And I'd say from a customer perspective, you know, don't just ask for everything. 
was not really necessary. You know, be really clear, really clear on what the business objectives are and what the and what the system requirements are. And and for us as the other side of that partnership, be really clear on what we do and what we don't and what we don't do because it's the it's the expectations here and where where projects get into trouble. I saw this kind of pre in my kind of old world too. It's where there's this mismatch of expectations. Yeah. Uh, where one party was expecting something else uh, so, so, so to me you know part of it is a partnership but it's also it's just this honesty it's this clarity so that everybody has got the same you know set of objectives we're trying to we're all you know we're all there um you know absolutely fighting for the same outcome yeah and there's, there's also just to, to finish this whole thing is there's a consistency aspect to it too, because, you know, as I point out here, what happens after the bottom line is signed, that's also speaks to the transition from sales, which, you know, whether or not this happens in your organization, it happens across the sales world, which is there are a lot of yeses given. And then sometimes those do then transition into the no's in the services world. Yeah, and, and, that, and, that's, and that's not, and that's right. not smart. So, no. so if, if I look at our best people, uh, and it's great, we've got a lot of good people, but um, you know, it, it, it's the people that you know, do have that confidence to look an organization in the eye and say, we don't, we don't do that. Right. And some of the things we will do, some of the things we'll, we'll probably never do. And, but, but we're much better off having that, having that, having that conversation. Um, I think the other piece in here is to say that during this process, it's really important to have broader discussions outside HR in the business Mm. and to evolve and to involve technology, to involve leadership who are after all going to be the key users. So CFOs are huge users of fair sales age people. CEOs are huge users. Uh, this morning we had the CEO and the COO in the room, as well as the um, chief people officer and, and team, oh, and the IT director actually. And that's that's really important because you know everybody's got expectations and everybody's got requirements, and, and unless we really understand them, and sometimes we have customers that oh you can't speak to to the CFO. Well, well sorry, but that, that 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 that's actually hurting them. It's hurting their success because. If, if 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 the CFO you know wants to do something, it turns out we can't do, or we're not set up to do. That that's just puts us all on a path that we don't want to be down. So so actually, it's in an organisation's best interests to kind of open up those conversations because the chances are it's going to get us to 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 success for them. Right. Great points. Um, and then uh, just kind of transitioning on, the money always does have to be a part of this. It's just this kind of puts a little bit of a different spin on it. So instead of, you know, how do I get the car for the lowest price or in this case, the system for the lowest price, if you end up with this kind of contract that, that doesn't allow the the software vendor to make money, you end up becoming part of their problem. So, and that gets yeah, that's right. down. And, 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 and that, I mean, the thing is that, you know, if you, if you have a win lose negotiation strategy, that's going to end up in one place, which is lose, lose. Great and and, and all, all of the discussions. So if you set out to try and win lose, honestly, you're going to end up with lose lose. Yeah. Um, and so fundamentally, that's the thing about the thing about win win is you, you know you, both parties have to end up winning. Um, how do we how do we make money? We're a cloud software business, and fundamentally, we charge per employee per year, mm-hmm. not not per employee per month. Okay. And so fundamentally, if you double the number of people, you pay double. That's perfectly reasonable and fair. If you don't, 
you don't. Uh, one thing, but the thing that we really like to have is that clear, simple kind of it's this amount per person, and none of the kind of and there are organisations out there who kind of put it added up. So, oh, you want onboarding? Oh, oh, you want reporting? Oh, you want? It's a bit more. And I mean, life's too life's too short, right? Because we're 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 dealing with these you know mid-sized businesses. They want clarity, you know, anywhere between a few hundred people and a few thousand people. We're typically you know talking to senior level execs right at the top of the organisation. We're not dealing with kind of procurement functions typically, and they just they all just want something simple and straightforward and fair, uh, and that's what we deliver to them. Um, and and I mean we're a fast-growing business. We've grown twelve hundred percent in the last three years. Uh, we've actually been loss-making up until now, so we haven't actually made any money at this at this point. But 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 uh, but uh, you know, like like many cloud software business, you know uh, that 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 absolutely kind of kicks kicks in when our growth slows down a little bit. Right. And then just kind of to this final point on the slide, as far as you talked about the per employee per year component of it, you know, the life cycle of a, of a client is from the moment they essentially sign on the dotted line to, you know, that final moment, which hopefully never happens, which way they might, they might leave. So yeah, it's a process where, where the money could be. You know. but, 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 but just on that, and that's really important because that informs our, our philosophy about this because bluntly, the important thing is not closing the deal. The important thing is making the customer successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I look at our customers, literally, we have a 99% license renewal rate. We've had that for the last three years. And we lose a customer essentially when they get acquired. Right. And the acquiring party might have spent $50 million on Workday or Oracle or SAP or even more potentially. Um, and, uh, and, and, they, and they just can't, and they just can't change it. So, so that's typically when we lose organizations, when they go through a, when they go through an M&A mm-hmm. and we're absolutely focused, you know, from day one on making that, making that organization successful. And that's our, that's our mentality. I mean, the renewal thing, it's just a kind of hygiene factor. If, if, if things are working, which, you know, we absolutely focus on, then, then, then customers basically always renew but they will only do that when we continue to focus on their success and we continue to innovate and to develop new technology Um, but yeah fundamentally if 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 your partner isn't making money or isn't a path to make money they're going to go out of business and you're stuffed yeah i mean that's that's there's no prizes there's no prizes for that Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, the, the good news is that, you know, having been acquired a month ago, we're now very much part of Europe's second largest software business, a $2 billion revenue business. We're the largest cloud unit within Sage globally. And the chances of um, Sage going bust are in the realms of fantasy. <laughs> nice. That's good news. Um, kind of on that similar topic of, uh, of, you know, things that need to be built in, but, you know, ideally none of this ever happens. Everyone's just with you yeah. for eternity. But, uh, you know, ownership of the data, even, even regardless of termination, but ownership of the data and then what, you know, what would happen if, if a contract did terminate related to that data. Yeah. I've seen every yeah. different aspect of that and I've been involved in some of that, you know, data conversion type work. So how should that, why is that important? And from your perspective, how should that work and be reflected? Oh, oh it, it's critical. It's not our data. 
Mm. I mean, it's just not our data. I mean, this, this is, you know, you talk about the CEO salary here. That's you talk great. about everybody's performance. It's kind of important, <laughs> um, kind of important. You know, that, that's data that needs to be absolutely locked down. So it's, it's fundamentally the customer's data. And we, we really lock it down within the business. So I do not have, you know, as CEO, I do not have access to customer's data. And, and I, I shouldn't have access to customer's data. That is a very privileged thing that goes to our support team when they need it and to our implementation and customer success team when they need it. We never, ever hold customer data. It is immediately uploaded to the, uh, to the cloud, which for us is the Salesforce platform. You know, the world's largest cloud software business. It is as robust as anything that there has ever been. So we never hold customer data uh, because it's kind of important. Um, now, where we do, so for example, in the acquisition, so we do have customers required. We had two that were required. So we're just moving, moving them off. And we'll, 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 we'll work with them to kind of migrate the data to wherever it needs to go. That's just part of a... Uh, part of core business we have one bank that's just been bought by a customer of ours that's just been bought by morgan stanley and so we'll be kind of you know moving their moving their data uh, to there but but that's 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 critical it would be kind of ironic if we had a great um kind of experience with them with their with their hr system and then made a mess of migrating the data off that would be yeah ironic that's the, the key term that, or phrase there was working with them because I have seen many instances where the vendor makes it, I mean, they intentionally, you know, oh, and no. not to say that there's any bad software vendors out there, but there are those who would make it intentionally difficult to make it kind of a well, barrier to exit. You well, know? Yeah, but, but I mean, the thing, I mean, I've been in business for, for, for 30 years, Jeremy, and, you know, I've got a lot of relationships to go back over that time. And, and, and my view on life is, is if you make a short-term decision that's in your interests and not their interest you won't have a relationship right so again that's just a win-lose it's just win-lose strategy oh i've won this one but then i don't i mean i mean come on right you know i mean we, it's funny we, we we defined our values uh, recently within fair sales slash sage people and they are pathfinder impact with heart and the with is really important and it's not too uh, it's it, it's with precisely because of this. We've got a lot of customer advocacy, uh, and and uh, and people who take us from one organisation to another, uh, because they know what not just what we do but how we do it, and the and also bluntly the heart and the people side of uh, of how we do it, and that's why we're taken from from lots of different places to another. That's great. So um, so now we've uh, we've done some serious negotiation. We've talked about getting out of contracts if needed. Uh, we're going to be moving on to implementation, even in this series. That's next in the in this uh, episode in the episode. So, but you still need to make some considerations here during the negotiation phase. So, is it going to be a fixed or variable cost? And in fact, some some vendors don't even charge for implementation. It's just to be completely uh, upfront. Uh, and then, is the work going to be conducted on site, remote? Uh, what can we be changing during these discussions about the overall implementation process? And when does it become too late, essentially, to to make any of those types of changes? So, what are, what are your thoughts on implementation as it relates to the negotiations? Yeah, it's a good question. I like the the man with the beard. On, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's a message there somewhere. But, but. Is that you, Jeremy? Anyway, and yes. um, but but in terms of this, so, so, so the vast majority of our customers have uh, variable costs, so essentially time and materials projects. We have an incredibly good track record in terms of delivering on or even under 
uh, under budget. And so when that happens, then the organization gets the, uh, gets the benefit of that. Uh, some just want that absolute certainty. Uh, and so we structure something that's got a fixed schedule to it. Um, but the, because we've got such a good uh, track record and, you know, all, all of our customers are in this kind of vibrant networking ecosystem, then, then, then it's generally variable, variable cost. Mm-hmm. And from our perspective, by the way, um, services is all about, it's not about a revenue or a profit generator for us. It's about one thing and one thing only, which is customer success. Mm-hmm that's what implementation is for it's to get the organization to to a really really good place uh, and that's what it's and that's what it's focused on so we 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 make a tiny bit of money on implementation we we don't set out to make money on it it's there for customer success uh, in terms of the on-site and remote question um, we've basically got people in four countries now um, UK, US, Canada, and Australia. Uh, we've got customers HQ'd in 20. Now, I'm sure all of your viewers will know that 20 is significantly greater than four. Um, so therefore, by definition, we've done a lot of remote work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and organizations have either kind of brought their team typically to the US or to the UK, uh, or we've worked remotely on them. Um, we might visit an organization once, um, or maybe twice, but you know, because we've got such a flexible, configurable system. And I was talking to one of our consultants uh, earlier because I'm going out to dinner with the with the CIO tonight. This is a six thousand license project. You know how many consultants we have on it? Five. One. One. Sorry. <laughs> one. Yeah. One. Uh, he is fabulous, but 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 one, and he's not even full time. So. And, and that's one of the differences, honestly, between us and a work down a success facts and Oracle, where they will have, you know, three to five minimum. Um, we're working with these great mid-sized businesses. It's all about agility. It's all about time to value. It's all about that productivity. So on the vast, vast, vast majority of projects, we have one person. Nice. Great. That's a good point. I mean, the size of an implementation team is huge in terms of success. Um, well, yeah, and, and the complexity, it's one of these things. It's a, it's a log. It's not linear. It's a, it's a log scale. So, so the more people you have, actually, the less productive it gets and the more communication is a challenge and, 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 and. But because the way we're configured, we can, we can have one person that can, can basically do everything on it. Yep. So we've, we've had clients on this end get to the end of this process and they're, they're literally, they've, they've decided that the features and functionality of the vendor is, is the one they want. Um, they've even gotten pretty far along the line in the negotiation and decided that, you know, they can afford the system, which is obviously important. It's, it fits within their budget. Um, they've even potentially done some uh, reference checking and everything checks out. And then at the last minute, something comes up you know, whether it's costs that they didn't fully understand. Uh, maybe there was some, you know, intentional confusion that was thrown at the buyer during the process. Um, but basically things that happened last minute that I've seen plugs pulled on, on buying, buying processes when these things happen. Um, and yeah. even potentially like the example I give here where you, you need, you have certain dates you need to meet and you find out at the very end that they, they can't staff an implementation yeah. team until three months later. Right. So yeah. So what are what are your experiences there? How can how can buyers so, avoid those? So honestly, we, we we have been involved with a lot of those situations where something major changes at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's typically where the organization realizes that we're out there 
and that we're a plausible solution. And, and, and we have won many, many, many new customers who've been all the way or almost all the way down typically with success factors or workday and then discovered we exist. Uh, and then we've gone from being bluntly kind of off the radar to being the chosen partner <laughs> and gone and gone forward. And I, I could give you I could give you 20 examples of those over the last few years. So what I'd encourage the organizations to do, because we found that, you know, companies go through this kind of decision, maybe once every five or six years, uh, we do see some kind of quite, you know, variable research done uh, in terms of the organizations that they should be partnering with. And that's why I think, you know, organizations like yours are really, really important because you do have a really good view of the partner landscape uh, and who the best and who the best approach is. But we've been, uh, we've honestly, we've, we've been adopted at the, uh, at the last minute sometimes uh, for some unbelievably successful projects where we've, uh, we've only been considered right at the, right at the end. That was an interesting spin on that answer because you basically said that you guys are the last minute surprise in many cases rather well, than well, yeah. well we are because yeah. honestly if you were to particularly in the states you know what's the name recognition of fair sale um you know it wouldn't be as high as we wanted to but that's that's because of how we built the business we we, we built this business with essentially 10 million dollars of uh, of angel of angel money for the same number of users that it took namely 160 million dollars to build now so it's a very very different approach in terms of kind of building the market and goodness knows how much the you know work down success factors are spent on golf adverts and goodness knows what but we we just don't think that's the right thing to do and at the end of the day somebody's gonna have to pay back that 160 million dollars mm -hmm. and it's not going to be the the investors it's going to be the customers uh, and so, and so, we've been really, really careful with with that. We've tried to be really clear in terms of the organisations and, and and who we work with. But but one of the benefits for us of being part of Sage, you know, much, much, much bigger business, is that we'll just be in a lot more places. Uh, and I think because our biggest challenge, honestly, Jeremy, has been just not being considered in the first place. Yeah. Uh, and I think that will that will be a real key part of uh, key part of success for us there. Great. So. Uh... You've, you've talked about a lot of uh, areas of here. I, I leave this, I've been leaving this seventh point open for the, you know, the special guests. So I know I heard one that you mentioned that wasn't even a part of this. I'm curious if that will be your choice, but what do you have for your, your choice as far as another point that's important? For, for, so, so, so to me, though, I, I, I'd, say, I'd say two things here, but um, quality, time, scale, cost. Mm -hmm. That in any situation, those are the three variables in that order. Uh, and I'd say the second thing, it's really about partnership. Uh, it's about partnership. It's about multi-year partnership. And it's giving each other permission to be pushed. Uh, and, that's, and that's what gets a win-win. And that's where success lies in our view. And, but also, finally, because you're sitting there with a view of the bridge in the background, I'd say, go Dubs. <laughs> nice. Nice little throw in there. Um, <laughs> the, one that I, the one that I picked up on... Um, and actually, the, the view is partially, and I mentioned this before we got going here, but it's a, a little tribute because I'll be in San Francisco in a couple months for uh, HR Tech World that's being thrown there. So that's a little tribute to that. Um, the other ones I've been doing is a little space, space like a little uh, Jupiter in the background. So you'll see some of those. Um, but the one that I picked up on, which I didn't have on my list, uh, had to do with the stakeholders. And you know, I took from that not just including, you mentioned the CFO, 
But I think including as many stakeholders, even in the negotiation process, is vital to the success because well, well, there surprises. Well, it, well, it really is. And, and yeah, it, it is negotiation part of it. Well, yes, yes, of course it is. You know, we're, we're all running commercial businesses. We, know, we all need to be sensible and have a good outcome. But, you know, if, 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 from our perspective, I, I say to our sales teams, look, if we haven't had those broad conversations, then I'm, I'm not comfortable that we're set up to deliver a successful project. And, and I see really mature and thinking organizations that are not kind of protective about, oh, you can't speak to them. They are kind of deliberately opening it up because that's the way, you know, A, to get the real kind of understanding and momentum of the project. I'll, I'll give an example. We, we, we just, we just gone live actually, and we had cakes and everything to celebrate with a 200 person financial services firm actually just over the river here in, in London. And before that we'd had face-to-face -face discussions with the CEO, the COO, the CIO, the group HRD, and, um, oh, and, uh, and one, uh, two of the MDs of the business units. But you know what, that project is, is already successful and it's just set up to success because of those conversations. That's right. what I encourage organizations to do to think about how can you broaden those conversations out? They are in your best interests. Yes. It's uh, the worst case scenario is you get that person you didn't know was involved and then they pop in at the last minute and either, you know, thwart a potential yeah. sale, potential successful implementation, whatever it might be. So yeah, that's those, right. are, those are the challenges. So, so, so surprises in projects are normally bad. Yes, turns out. It's rare surprises are good. So <laughs> yes. uh, no, no, no surprises is normally a good, a good. Even sometimes you try to surprise friends with a birthday party and that turns out bad. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a different story. <laughs> so um, that, that kind of concludes our, our wrap up of the, the seven points within negotiation. I wanted to thank you, Adam, for joining us today. Um, I put up some of your contact information here, both your email address and your Twitter handle in case people want to uh, reach out to you. Um, but uh, with, 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 with pleasure. Yeah. And, uh, and my information is there as well. Uh, again, we'll be concluding the series with a few more episodes here to, uh, to close things out. Um, but again, uh, thank you so much for your time today, Adam. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing the finished product of, of the work that we've done. So hope you enjoyed it. And thanks again. Absolutely. Great. Right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to 7 Points of Satisfaction in Buying HR Technology. Subscribe on iTunes and learn more at hrgazette.com.